Welcome to the Dream Plan Start Grow Show, where the goal is to provide you tips and tools to create and execute your business plan for success. Welcome back to the Dream Plan Start Grow Show. My name is Allison Turner. So I started these interviews because I really love entrepreneurship and I love to learn from other business owners on their successes. So whether you're brand new to business or you want to start a business, check out the rest of my episodes on my YouTube channel, Dream Plan Start Grow. So today I'm hosting a little bit of, of a different kind of show. I'm honored to have with me three people who are in my Toastmasters group, Oris Martin, Samantha Nguanzo, and Troy Rand. So I initially joined Toastmasters in 2021. I think Troy and I joined around the same time. And I joined more as a business owner because I really wanted to level up my communication skills. I wanted to start speaking more. And that's really what prompted me to join. And the podcast that you're seeing today is coming out of that because I never would have gone on video prior to that. Like when I first started this podcast, which was back in 2020, it was all audio only and there's no way in hell I would have gone on video. So to start with, I wanted to ask each of you that are joining me today, kind of what your impetus for joining Toastmasters when you joined. So I know Troy, since you're the, the more newbie com compared to the other two on here, why did you join? Like what prompted you at the time? I think similar to you, I wanted to improve my public speaking partially for my business, but I also want to do public speaking as part of my business and life. Right. And specifically the impromptu speaking is what I wanted to work on. I had a little background as a graduate student. I taught a lot of classes, so I was used to getting up in front of people, but I wasn't used to speaking when it wasn't planned. So that was like my big thing with joining Toastmasters, that impromptu speaking. Okay, perfect. And Samantha, I know you're probably one of the youngest ones in our group. So what prompted you, when did you join and what prompted you to join when you joined? I originally joined Toastmasters when I was in college. I was looking for a fun outlet. I was studying pre-med, a lot of calculus, bioengineering. I really wanted something more lively and interesting in my life. So that's why I initially joined. I also wanted to refine my presentation skills because that was a big part of graduate school. Okay. And how many years have you been in Toastmasters? I'm coming on five years now. Wow. Beautiful. And Oris, I think you're the longest term member, I believe. But how long have you been in Toastmasters and what prompted you to join? I've been a Toastmaster for 12 years. Wow. <laughs> I actually joined because it was offered in my job. We started a corporate club and they asked me if I was interested and it would cost me nothing to join. So obviously I had no reason for not joining. I joined. At the time, I didn't think that I really needed to improve my communication skills. But after I joined, I found out how much I needed to do that. And that is the reason I'm still a Toastmaster today, because there's always something you could work on. Mm -hmm. 
No, absolutely. And I know two people here with us are distinguished Toastmasters. So, and I know that's a level unto itself. I mean, Troy and I are aspirational in that, <laughs> aspiring to that, but um, not there yet. So what prompted, so Samantha, going back to you, what prompted you to go after the DTM? I mean, maybe briefly share like a 30 second overview of what that is, because I think that also ties into the leadership piece of Toastmasters, which most people, if they've heard of Toastmasters, just think it's, oh, it's to help with speaking. Well, I don't really need to go speak. So, you know, I don't really need to do it. So you want to give like a 30 second overview and then kind of why you pursued distinguished Toastmaster status. Absolutely. Distinguished Toastmaster is the highest level of achievement in Toastmasters. It requires being in various leadership positions, completing certain projects and levels of speaking, as well as a lot of personal high level leadership projects that they work on, whether that's sponsoring a club, mentoring a club, coaching a different club that's struggling. So bringing them back from almost folding to being successful. I personally wanted to be a distinguished Toastmaster because I love reaching the highest goal that there is to achieve. It's just a personality (laughs) trait of mine. I want to be the best that I can be in that area, which was a distinguished Toastmaster. Okay, perfect. And Oris, what prompted you to, to become a DTM? Since I started as an accidental Toastmaster, Becoming a distinguished Toastmaster was somewhat like that also. I never thought about reaching those levels, but I stayed in and I was completing the projects and doing a lot of the communications side of it. It was not until much later that I realized how much I would gain if I focused on the leadership portion. I started on those leadership and then I became a club coach as part of that. And that is how I ended up being at Sailfish because I was the club coach for Sailfish when they were struggling. They had very few members and something about this club got me. And that's why today I am still a member of Sailfish. But the accomplishment certainly was very rewarding. But I think for me, just being able to give back to people getting in on their Toastmasters journey has been a big part of it. Okay, perfect. So I think as a business owner, and I'll speak for myself, you know, I always learn new things about myself because there's, when you're in business for yourself, there's always new challenges that you're facing, whether it's, you know, something in the service department of your business, or if there's something that maybe you're trying to exceed revenue goals or whatever it is. So I'm always learning about myself because I find that there's always that next level or that next goal, kind of like what Samantha talked about a minute ago. So Troy, when you started Toastmasters, you know, and up till now, so I think we're in there about the same time. So coming on two years, coming up on two years, what have you learned most about yourself in Toastmasters? I think that I started just for the public speaking, but I discovered there was so much more, you know, going back to the distinguished Toastmaster path and doing all the leadership roles in the service. And I really learned that there was a lot more that I had to develop 
taking on some of those roles and even just the, the roles in the meetings and getting pushed out of my comfort zone, I really found a whole world of opportunities to make myself uncomfortable, which made myself better, which is going to then carry me further in my business because it's going to allow me to make those same types of decisions and paths with my business as I do in Toastmasters. But in Toastmasters, it's a very safe environment. You can make those mistakes and it's not, doesn't come back on you so hard. So it's a good place to work all that stuff out. Right. Right. And Oris, obviously you're working for a company. So what have you learned about yourself and how has that helped, I guess, in your job in the company? Well, of course, I've learned a lot about presenting in front of an audience. And in my role as the fitness director, I've had to do a lot of that over the years. Health education is built into my position. But also just knowing that I'm capable of taking on something new and challenging and work through it. Because when I started Toastmasters, of course, I had no idea that I would be in after 12 years, that I would persevere this way. So he taught me that I could sink my teeth into a project and persevere regardless of what challenges I face. And that was something I didn't know about myself before. So moving forward, I mean, how has, I mean, we, so we've talked a little bit about the leadership skills that Toastmaster promotes. And I know for me personally, um, you know, I've always, when I've joined organizations or I'm on some nonprofit boards, somehow I always get chosen for some kind of leadership role. You know, I just joined Delray Chamber Education Fund in, I think, January or late December. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm vice chair slated to take this over at the end of the year. So it uh, just kind of like I seem to gravitate towards that, you know, and I think a lot of people that want better things in their lives and more personal development do gravitate that direction. But, Troy, have you seen anything, you know, from a leadership standpoint that's really that Toastmasters has really helped accelerate in you? Definitely. Um, you know, I've taken on a lot of leadership roles in the short time that I've been in Toastmasters. I started out my first year elections taking on the sergeant at arms role and I helped our club go from you know online only to hybrid. And then this year I took on our club president role while also taking on an area director role overseeing other clubs. And these were ex opportunities for me to step way out of my comfort zone. I honestly, both of those positions, I didn't feel I was ready for when they came up, but I realized why not? Let's take this opportunity to, to challenge myself and to try and do something hard. And the amount of reward that's come out of that has been amazing. Just in a few short weeks, I mean, I've been learning a ton. I know there's a ton more to learn, but <laughs> I've been pushed the way I want to be pushed. And I am okay. growing leaps and bounds because of it and all areas of leadership. It's, it's been truly phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. No, you jump, you jump right to the top of the leadership totem pole. So kudos to you. So Oris, how have you seen, I mean, obviously you've taken on pretty much every role in Toastmasters as well. So 
besides Toastmasters, but in your job, and then I know you're involved in a church and things like that. Like what, how has that affected your leadership outside of Toastmasters? Well, I think just stepping in and knowing that I have the knowledge, skills, and ability to take on one of those roles. In the past, I would always be the person who would be behind the scenes working. I was reliable, I did the hard work, but I wouldn't step up front and accept that leadership role. But now I'm comfortable doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think in Toastmasters, as Troy mentioned, because you know that you can take on a challenge and even if you make errors, it's a safe place. People will correct you, give you instructions, but at the same time, you know that they're there cheering you on, not critiquing you, but whatever information they give you would be what would help you grow a little more. And it's a slow process and we have to just trust the process. But when you look back on your past experience, then you know, this too will happen. I just have to stick with it. Yeah. And Samantha, so the question, and we were talking about a little bit about leadership and how leadership, you know, the, the different leadership, and you've also been in pretty much probably every role in Toastmasters as well, including president and area director and things like that. But how, have, how has that affected your job life? And I, I anticipate you becoming a business owner at some point in time, because that's just your personality. So just telling you that now, but, <laughs> um, but how has that leadership skills helped you in the, those other areas? It's definitely enabled me to be adaptable in all situations. Also, I think that the leadership we learn from Toastmasters is full circle. We get to see the different levels of club input as well as district input. I know that Oris and Troy are both area directors this year. I was recently just in the Bahamas and I met with one of our past district directors. It was a really great experience to see how his leadership in the Bahamas really comes full circle and it enables us to be better professionals. Now he's doing a lot of training programs for the police department, whereas with out Toastmasters, that wouldn't really be feasible. Uh, another example from my personal life is I was facilitating a workshop this past weekend, and it was originally supposed to be 20 people in my breakout room, turned into 230 people instead. Though halfway through the breakout, they actually figured out the technical issue to fix the breakout rooms, but they didn't move people because it was going so well. Everyone was engaged. It was interactive. People are learning a lot from the session, which shows us that if we are flexible, we're able to overcome any challenge. Yep. No, absolutely. And I, you bring up a great point, Samantha, because I think that flexibility piece, you know, we've had some little challenges here on recording this today. And I think the flexibility piece, and that's one of the things I know that's help, been helpful to me because I'm very much that person that I'm like, 
here's the schedule, here's this, here's this. And like, what do you mean you want me to go out of order here? I'm like, I don't like to go out of order. I want to, I, you know, so I think that's helped me becoming more flexible. And I know like the impromptu speaking where you're kind of put on the spot and having to give like that one to two minute speech on something that you don't even know what's being asked until you're asked the question. So how has that, Troy, helped you like in your life as far as like incorporating the flexibility piece? It's been tremendous. The table topics of that impromptu speaking has taught me so much about how to handle situations and really that interpersonal communication that helps a lot with when I'm coaching people, when I'm working with clients, it's allowed me to feel comfortable when I'm talking about something that's kind of just more thrown at me. So I can sit down and plan out a coaching session, everything I want to tell them. But then if the client asks me a question, that's maybe something I'm not real familiar with, or wasn't even on my mind, it's allowed me a better ability to handle those situations, come across confidently, present myself more proficiently and handle those situations. So that's been really tremendous. With the impromptu speaking, one of the main things I learned is that trying to relate what you're talking about to actual stories from your life or actual situations is very helpful and not being afraid to divert from the exact question. Although obviously with the client situation, you need to address that question, but it might be, I'm going to get back to you. However, you know, go on with that. So it has helped a lot in that area with the impromptu speaking. Mm -hmm. And Oris, you know, as far as like say the flexibility, because I know you're our immediate past president and having watched you in the last year, I could see how, you know, like say we, we didn't have a position filled or someone didn't show up that was signed up or whatever the case was, like you were always a master at seeming super calm under pressure. I mean, it didn't seem like you've, it ever faced you at all. And finding that person, you knew like exactly who was in the roles and then like, okay, hey, Allison, you're not signed up for something. You want to take this on. Um, you know, and if I said no, you would just be like unfazed and be like, okay, like, hey, Samantha, you want to do this instead, you know? So like, how is that then translated to the rest of your life as far as flexibility goes? Well, not getting phased. I don't think that's possible possible sometimes, <laughs> but learning to go with whatever's happening, because I think that's what happens in the real world very often. And when you lead people, that's why it's so important to get to know them on a personal level. And I think here at Toastmasters, one of the reasons that I was able to call on you or call on somebody is because I knew the people who were in the club. I knew people's strengths and people's weaknesses. And I think that is part of leadership. On the job, you can't relate to everyone <laughs> in the same way because yeah. people are very different. Yeah. And just learning that it's important to take the time to get to know that person, you know, to know a little of where they're coming from, their life experience, because it helps you connect 
It helps you relate. It helps you get your message across when you know the person on the other side who you're speaking to. Being flexible, I am normally a very excitable person. And sometimes <laughs> because of that, I have to tone it down, act very calm, which I'm not feeling at all, but just so that that other person feels comfortable and they don't feel threatened because you come to them too excited. So that's another skill that I learned in Toastmasters because of all the different characters you have to deal with in order to have a successful club and to have cohesion within that club. Mm -hmm. When you make a great point on the different characters and then how you translate that into your job, because I think that's so true that you know we, we interact with people. I mean, I interact with people in the nonprofit boards I'm on, you know, each person's slightly different. And so you have to know how to do it. Can you be direct with them or do you need to kind of sugarcoat things with them or whatever the case is? And I think that's essential in life and even in business. I mean, even when I'm talking to a potential client, and I'm sure Troy gets this too, being in business, you know, selling something and you're selling obviously some benefit for them, whatever that is, but each person's going to hear that differently and you have to kind of read who they are. A lot of times you don't know them if they were referred to you and they're kind of a cold, you know, or someone that just came through your website or something, you don't necessarily know them and you have to kind of read who they are and how they receive information and then learn how to interact with them that way. And I think that's, um, you know, one of the things that I know Toastmasters has helped me get better at. I think I was pretty good before, but, you know, excel at a little bit more. Um, I see you shaking your head over there, Troy. Have you experienced that as well? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like you said, in business, when you're first meeting with a client or trying to get that first sale, you have to try and gauge what type of person they are to show them the benefit that your services can offer. I also see it when I'm working with clients because I coach like fitness and nutrition, but with fitness in general, like I have one client that I coach in my backyard that I can yell at him like a drill sergeant and that <laughs> makes him perform well. I have other clients, it would make them cry and they would never come back, right? So you need to know when you can yell and when you have to be more soft-spoken. And it's a perfect representation of in business, you have to be able to gauge people like that in all your interactions and Toastmasters definitely helps with that because you do work with a wide array of people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I'm going to shift gears slightly for Samantha. So Samantha being the youngest person with us today, and I know you're in your mid twenties, how do you think Toastmasters can benefit someone your age in your age group? Because, you know, most of our group I would say is, probably 35 and up, I would think. I don't know everyone's age, but from what I see on the screen and things, and um, what do you feel like you can, you know, you're bringing a different perspective, a different, you know, leveling the game up early. How do you think Toastmasters can help someone, other people in your age bracket? I feel that Toastmasters really gives people a platform to share their truth and develop their voice especially in college and 
people's early life. I think that's essential for finding who you are, being able to share your gifts with eloquence and poise. Public speaking is really one of the most valuable skills that we have as professionals. I think that a lot mm-hmm. of people could enhance what they bring to the table if they honed that more, as well as the leadership aspect. Toastmasters really gives young people an advantage, an edge. It's an internationally recognized brand. Whenever someone sees that, they immediately have more respect. They know what I'm capable of doing as far as presentations, as well as leading groups. Overall, I think that more young people should try Toastmasters. It's really intimidating because there are not a lot of young people (laughs) that go. However, I found that the best leaders, the best public speakers, as well as the, the best professionals are involved in Toastmasters in some way, whether that's a former member, a present member, or a sponsor for one of their mentees. Mm-hmm. No, and I know like when I got my master's in business, probably the most valuable class I took was, it was a speaking presenting class that incorporated it. Basically I took the class, but then part of my, part of the grade for the class, you basically got it incomplete when you took the class and then you integrated it with presentations in other classes. So that teacher would actually go and watch these presentations. And that was probably the toughest class, but also the most beneficial class that I took and got out of that master's in business that I paid a lot of money for. (laughs) So, um, so kudos to you for starting much earlier than I started because my master's in business was in my late thirties versus in my early (laughs) twenties. So, so now I want to kind of shift a little bit more to our group because our group, and I haven't personally seen other groups and I don't know if Troy, you're in another group or not. I know the two of you, Samantha and Oris, I know, I know Oris, you're in another group. Are you in another group still, Samantha? I was actually just recruited to be in an advanced club. So now I am a part awesome. of the Toastmasters group. Okay. Awesome. Congratulations. So I want to talk a little bit about our group, which is Sailfish Toastmasters in Boynton Beach, Florida, but we're a hybrid group. So some of us have chosen, I've stayed online so far. At some point I will get there in person. I know, Oris, you're kind of half and half and Troy, you're in person and Samantha is a little bit more online right now, but she occasionally comes in person as well. So what do you think, how do you think, Oris, this group has grown? Because you've seen it. Like you said, you were brought in to kind of help save it, I guess, so to speak. And so you've seen the changes in it and where it's gone over the last few years. What do you feel the strengths are of the group and how someone, if they were looking for a Toastmasters group, could join and what they could get out of it? Wow. That's a big one. (laughs) I think that this group, they are so supportive. When you join that group, it doesn't matter what level you're at. I've seen people get up to do the icebreaker and it's the arms, the ahs, they're very uncomfortable. They're reading every word and not looking at the audience. But at the end of that speech, the audience cheers them. 
And when you chair that person, it's not because you're saying, well, the speech was great, but you did a great job because you took that first step. And that's why Toastmasters works because you know that you're struggling, but mm -hmm. there are so many people in there cheering you on every step of the way. People that you could call, like usually we assign you a mentor or you have the president and all the offices that you could call to ask for help when you're working on your projects. You'd have a mentor that's somebody that you get to know very well who will work one-on-one -on -one with you. But Toastmasters work because you get to practice. And that is the most important thing. You practice giving speeches. And with each one, you get a little more comfortable. The hybrid format, of course, is great because people who may not be able to physically get there, people who live outside the area. Right now, we have two members who live out of state, but they're members of Sailfish. And that gives us, it, it brings something different into the club when you have people from all different walks of life, from different areas of the country. You have pe people like myself. I come during my lunch hour. Most of the time, I'm not able to make it, but there are some times that I go in person just so I keep that connection with people. Mm -hmm. And even though you practice online and give your speeches online, I think there's something special about getting up in front of that group and giving your speech. I like to do both. Be in my little space doing it. But every now and then, I want to be in front of a live audience doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Excellent. And Troy... Obviously, I think you're mainly in person. I don't think I've seen you online since you were sergeant of arms last year and had to set, set up the room and then now you're president. So how do you feel someone could benefit by joining our club? Like what would you, especially like a business owner, because a lot of my podcasts are geared towards someone that wants to start a business or newer to business. And I've certainly talked about Toastmasters in some of my podcasts before and how it's helped me, but what do you feel like from that standpoint, you've gotten out of it and like, what could someone aspiring to start a business get out of it? I think it goes back to all the different skills that you can learn. So taking on the different roles, each teaches you a different aspect, whether you're managing the timing of the meeting, whether you're managing listening for the ums and the ahs, or you're evaluating people, that's a great skill to have coming to the meetings, having the hybrid option, I think is a huge benefit because it allows you, as Aura said, to hop on on your lunch break if that's what you need to do. Or if you can make it in person, you can get up in front of people. Myself doing the managing of the hybrid, I had technical skills before, but it always helps to refine those when you're learning how to set up the cameras and it took us a little bit to figure out the best setup for a room so that we feel like the people in the room feel like they're there and not just on Zoom in the room. So there were some great skills learned in the management of the hybrid meeting itself. And I think just in general, Toastmasters teaches a, a ton of skills that are useful for business. 
as Aura said, our club is so supportive that it really gives you that chance to test all this stuff out and make all your mistakes. Because you have to make mistakes when you learn, but this gives you the chance to make those mistakes in a safe, supportive environment and to get that immediate feedback, not just from yourself when you make the mistake, but from your evaluator who tells you, hey, try this next time, try that. So I think it's just such a great, supportive, positive environment to make those mistakes that you're going to make. And then hopefully when you're in your business, you're not making as many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. But uh... <laughs> As many, I didn't say not making them. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think all new business owners and even seasoned business owners make mistakes, but um, I don't know if that ever goes away. Uh, maybe someday. <laughs> and Samantha, as far as Sailfish Toastmasters and someone in your age bracket. So coming out, you know, because I know like my stepdaughter who's 18, I don't think she would ever think about joining something like Toastmasters right now. I mean, maybe down the road, but right now, I mean, I'm just trying to get her to do some videos because she wants to be an entrepreneur and wants to, you know, I'm like, you got to market yourself. You need to like do videos of yourself and not to share people's videos all the time, which is what she ends up doing. So how do you feel someone could really, and then you touched on this a minute ago, but even more benefit if they wanted to come out of either high school or college and maybe start a business at your age? Because I see more and more kids doing that nowadays and being more inspired to do that than maybe my generation was. I mean, I always was just kind of honed in on like, you go to high school, you go to college, you come out, you get a job. And like, that's the, that's the path. So that wasn't even in my radar at the time. Definitely. I feel like our generation grew up with the mindset that it's better to be your own boss, that we are replaceable as employees, as grim as that sounds, it's better to be in control of your own destiny. And entrepreneurship gives you that tool to decide where you're going to work, how you're going to work, who you're going to serve what is going to be your value proposition that sets you apart. Toastmasters especially really adds <laughs> such a leg up in entrepreneurship because it gives you the confidence to fail. Like you said previously, we're never going to eliminate the mistakes. They're always going to happen. But the truly successful are able to go from mistake to mistake to mistake without losing confidence. That I think is something that Toastmasters really gives us is the ability to fail recover and know that we're going to do better, that we didn't die from failing. It's okay. We're going to move on as well as the confidence to know that regardless of what happens, whatever curveballs were thrown, we will be able to succeed regardless of that. Because as we know, as leaders, nothing ever goes exactly to plan. There's always going to be some change. And the Toastmasters environment really gives us that ability to try new things, whether that's starting a podcast, recording yourself on video, learning how to gesture in a virtual environment so that you can give a presentation through the internet. It's really opening up so many possibilities, whether that's in leadership or public speaking. Mm -hmm. So as we start to come towards the end of this episode, I always ask my guests one question at the end. I'm going to tweak this question slightly for this podcast. But my normal question is, you know, if you were to give 
someone wanting to start a business, you know, one tip that you've learned along the way? So that's my normal question, but for the purpose of this podcast, so if you were to give someone that wanted to become a public speaker or improve their leadership skills, maybe one tip that you've learned through Toastmasters that's really helped you either in your career, you know, your entrepreneurship, whatever it's been, what would be that one tip? Troy, you want to go first? Sure. My one tip is to speak. If you want to be a public speaker, go speak. Now, <laughs> Toastmasters is great because that's what we do. So you can sign up and speak week after week if you want. So it gives you a great outlet for that. But take action. You've just got to do what you want to do. And so yep. I'd say, go speak. <laughs> All right. And how about you, Oris? I think it would be to craft your speech. I think sometimes people want to get up and speak off the cuff without preparing. Oh, I'm sorry. We're going to go back. You're going to cut this <laughs> much. <Allison. laughs> no. <laughs> I, okay. I think it's to prepare your speech. When you have an opportunity to speak, you should prepare in advance. Jot down a couple points that you want to hit as opposed to writing out a speech in its entirety and getting up there and reading it. If you have a couple points and you memorize those points, you could have a little note card or something, then when you get up there, you address those points. Mm -hmm. Your audience doesn't mm -hmm. know what you left out. So when you're speaking, especially if you give some personal stories, little anecdotes from your life that people could relate to, and add a little humor to your speech, a little levity relaxes your audience and make them relate to you much more as opposed to just getting up there. Regardless of how serious your subject, you could add a little levity in there and don't forget the personal stories. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> and Samantha, what do you, what is your one tip that you've picked up through Toastmasters that you would pass on? The one tip that I would leave everyone with is that everything you want is on the other side of fear. Whatever you're afraid to do, that's exactly what you need to do to get to the next level, to achieve what you want to achieve. One of my goals in college was to be a keynote speaker. I was terrified to even apply. As soon as I applied, I was chosen. And then all these other fears come in of what am I going to talk about? It's a short time frame. How am I going to remember everything? Mm -hmm. I think just doing the thing that we're afraid of doing will take us down the path that we need to go down. Yeah. And I was going to say kind of the same thing was get out of your comfort zone. So essentially what you said, I just I made it more succinct. But um, I think Toastmasters kind of forces you to get out of that comfort zone, whatever that is for you. And, you know, unless you're natural at public speaking or whatever it is, because I think even the, the class clown that you, we all grew up with, and maybe you were that person, you know, they may have been comfortable doing that, but they may not have been comfortable going up and doing a presentation in front of the class. 
you know, so there's different ways of speaking too. And I think that's the other thing with Toastmasters kind of, and I know, or she touched on this a little bit was the different types of presentations and how you craft each of those as well, because you may be really good at this type of presentation. I mean, Troy may be great at presenting something on fitness, but maybe he's not as good at presenting something on, you know, some other topic that he's asked to present on, like, you know, so it's learning those different nuances as well that get us out of our comfort zone and really make us expand our own thought system and overcome any of our own, you know, misconceptions about ourselves. For sure. And one quick thing so, on that topic is the words that we choose do matter also, because we can say something mm -hmm. a million different ways. And I think Toastmasters really helps us craft our message in a way that connects with different audiences at a deep level, whereas we can say it and it maybe mm -hmm. wouldn't resonate as well. Yep, absolutely. So thank each of you for being with me today. I appreciate it. And if anyone's interested in checking out our Toastmasters Club, you can go to Sailfish dot toastmastersclubs.org and I will have that scrolling on the video as well. But sailfish.toastmastersclubs.org and or you can reach out to me as well um, on my website, theallisonturner.com. And thank you for joining us. And again, check out all my podcasts at on my YouTube channel, Dream Plan Start Grow. And I look forward to seeing you again next time. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to the Dream Plan Start Grow podcast with Allison Turner. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Join our community by joining the Dream Plan Start Grow Facebook group, or for more resources, go to my website, theallisonturner.com.